It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you. It's January 25th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you much for joining us. Let me take a deep breath here. Okay. We're uh, running behind as always. Not really running behind, but we get ta- we get to talking, and then we have to, to we rush. We did. So let me, let me think about this for a second. What were our topics this morning? We covered <laughs> shopping. We did. Skiing, the Selwood neighborhood, the Oscar nominations, uh, vacation rentals, and that was all in about... 15 minutes. Yeah. And then I said, David, we got to do a show in 30 minutes. That's right. Get back to work. Get back to work. (laughs) But we do. We start to chat and all of a sudden, oh, we lose track of time. That is a little bit part of how we kind of form our morning show because we chat a little bit about what we did the night previous and then we cover our news story so that way we don't kind of waste time covering the same story because then (laughs) I always end up losing out on that one because you always have have first dibs. That's it. You got first dibs on the good stories. Yeah, but that, that did I did I cover all the topics there? I think so. Skiing and healthcare and healthcare. That's right. Yeah. So there you go. That that's what we talked about this morning. <laughs> uh, all of that, and here we are. We're and the here. paper was out in the printer. And the paper was out. I am not sure, but I I would guesstimate that four out of five times when the printer in the other room runs out of paper, it's while it's printing my stuff. It is. See, I I print first. I know better. <laughs> See, I, I got it all worked out. I don't have that many sheets of paper either, yeah. but... I print first. That way, if it runs out, it's on you, then <laughs> you're in trouble. Not me. I'm sitting uh, here just waiting for you. Isn't that always the case, yeah. too, in work? Please, you know, put your dishes away in the office and refill the paper if it runs out. Yeah. Uh, it's like going into your refrigerator and grabbing the milk, yeah. only to discover that it's empty. Yeah. What I like to do... And, you know, this always aggravates my wife, and I can understand this. I like to take a bag of chips and (laughs) eat it down until there's just crumbs left and then put it back in the cupboard. And that way, when they pull it out, there's just just crumbs. crumbs. Why didn't you just throw it away? And they're responsible then for throwing it away. (laughs) That's a low-down, dirty trick. (laughs) That's a a dirty trick, isn't it? Well, well, why didn't you throw it away? Well, because there's still crumbs in there. There's still crumbs in there. Somebody wants those crumbs. That's right. I don't know who. Mice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So back in the day, you didn't have to worry about printer paper when I first started in the news business because you just used a typewriter. You so just have you, to you, you, you re- just, type it up. The <laughs> idea of typing all of this copy is that would be really daunting. Yeah, that's it, a lot. Back in the day, that's what you did. Back in the day. Although I had a pretty nice typewriter at the first newsroom I worked in. It was a electric typewriter. Oh, fancy. <clears throat> I want to excuse me. I want to say it was like um, a Selectric. Does that sound? Does that? Is there, that's yeah. probably yeah. Yeah, the old selectric. like an IBM Selectric. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Now, did it have one of those like round balls that had all of the type, the print, you know, uh, or was it like those long keys yeah, where it would go up and hit? That's a good question. I think it had the ball, but it also had the eraser tape. Yeah, that's right. In it, so if you if you 
you know, typed a wrong letter, you could hit, I think it was an X. You hit the X and it went back. And, and it, almost like a shift key. Yeah. Like you had to hold it down and then, and then you back. had to hit the letter that yeah. you're trying to erase. That's right. And it would pull it up. Kids today, you guys have it so easy. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. My son can actually, in his Chromebook for school, dictate his essays. Yeah. If you're a slow typer, uh, there's a dictate button mm-hmm. that records his voice and he can actually dictate and it. It comes out, and he just kind of proofreads it to make Gosh. sure that it works. Those are the days, you, man. Those are the days. I, I learned to type on a little manual yeah. typewriter. Oh, I did too, yeah. Pounding those keys. The hardest key was your pinky finger. Because that's not as strong. Yeah, you couldn't get the... Yeah, yeah, that was a hard one. Well, yeah, when when we went to electric typewriters, man, that was incredible. I know. That's, yeah. that's like going to dictation for kids these days. I remember what the selector typewriter also had, if that's what it was. It had a little uh, readout screen on it. Oh, so uh, while you typed, you could read what you were typing. What you were typing, yeah, huh? that was pretty slick. Wow, well, man, that's impressive. I don't think I had anything quite that fancy. <laughs> Those are the days. Well, we're here. We made it. We we had our conversation. So, what do you got this morning? Well, pro life marchers on the West Coast would not be daunted as they marched right down Market Street in the center of San Francisco. Archbishop Cordelioni was grateful for their presence. So we were talking Oscar nominations yes. this morning, so we'll go over some of those Oscar nominations, see how many movies you haven't seen. Almost all of yeah. them. Well, you got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Matthias Michael and Amplified. And we are the Morning Blend, Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Oh, my friends, we are called all for one and one for all to men of broken streets to serve among the least.
That is Matthias Michael and Amplified. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Wednesday morning. So Brenda was psychoanalyzing me in the break, <laughs> and she said what? the reason that I leave crumbs in the <laughs> chip bag and put it back in the cupboard is because it makes me think that I didn't eat the entire bag of chips. And That's right. upon reflection, you are exactly right. <laughs> Very it's, good. You're welcome. Yeah. That'll be 10 cents, please. <laughs> That's great. So we're going to check in with Solidarity Health Share right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just days away. Get ready for this special season in the church with help from Mater Dei Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic Reflections that will enrich your life. Mater Dei Radio is also eager to pray for your personal requests through our prayer hotline. You can send an intention to our prayer team now by clicking the Pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and MaterDayRadio.com or call directly to the prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Lent will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready to pray with the Hail Mary Media app and MaterDayRadio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
It is 713 at Mater Day Radio. Kind of like yesterday, a dense fog advisory in the central and southern parts of the Willamette Valley. Then throughout the Willamette Valley, southwest Washington, an air stagnation advisory in effect until tomorrow. So get a little thick out there depending on where you're driving. We'll see patchy fog, high of 48 degrees today. Same for uh, tonight, a little fog, low of 35. And then for Thursday, cloudy skies, a high of 47. Currently, it is 44 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it is 45 degrees at Sacred Heart Church in Portland. Well, thousands of pro-life supporters descended once again upon the nation's capital for the annual March for Life last Friday for its 50th year. And it's the first march since the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade last June. Well, in this landmark decision of Dobbs versus Jackson Women Health Organization accomplished the long stated goal of the annual march to overturn Roe. But it has raised questions as to how large the event would be given this decision. Well, joining me today to discuss the March for Life is Chris Faddis. He is the co-founder and president of Solidarity HealthShare, a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that is faithful to the moral teachings of the Catholic Church. Good morning, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It's great to talk to you. Well, you were there. So tell us a little bit from your firsthand experience what it was like there at the march, especially in light of the Supreme Court's decision. You know, it was honestly, Brenda, it was just a beautiful time. I will say the weather the weather held nicely, so it was great. Uh, last year it was bone-chilling cold, so it was really nice to have some moderate weather this year. Um, but ultimately, it was just a beautiful day. I, I was among the people that was, you know, not sure if we would have as big of a crowd or what it would be like. And, and I would say, um, while I don't think it was the biggest crowd they've had, I, I do believe it was bigger than last year's crowd. Um, you know, and, and uh, even, you know, there's a there's a moment when pro-life leaders are invited onto the stage. And so every year I take a picture of that crowd. And I would say that last year's crowd looked a little bit smaller. So so it was really great to see so many folks coming. There was a lot of hope, a lot of excitement, uh, but also a lot of resolve because I think, you know, as you know, there's a lot of work to do around the country um, in, in many states and also in just making sure we're solving uh, for people's needs and making sure that, that these women and children are being taken care of and all of that. So a lot of resolve, a lot of discussion about what's next. Um, and, and it really was a, uh, a beautiful day. And I think we, we do have a lot of work to do. So I, I hope that more and more people will, you know, we need a, these rallies in some ways certainly help to, you know, get law changes and wake some of our, you know, our lawmakers up and those kind of things. But they also should help to embolden us and empower us to go out and do the work that's at, at hand. Well, Chris, here in the state of Oregon, the March for Life coming up on January 28th. I recently spoke with Lois Anderson, who is the executive director of the Oregon Right to Life program. They are the organizers of the event. And she said that while there is so much work, especially in the state of Oregon and also in the state of Washington, Lois said this year's March taking on a definite celebratory feel to it in light of that decision. Did you get the sense that that was also the case there in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, absolutely. People were definitely celebrating. Um, I think celebrating, but also with a sense of knowing we're not done, right? It's, it's sort mm-hmm. of an inter- you know, but, but I think it was a big deal. I think people were very excited. It was the first time we, you know, a lot of us have been able to gather since the road decision. I think people were really excited for that. Um, but there was a lot of talk about what's next. What do we need to do? What, what do it. we need to, 
um, you know, do to help these women, these families? How can we make abortion unthinkable? You know, uh, what are the, the legal things we need to do and policy things we need to do around the country? Uh, so there was a lot of that. In fact, you know, being part of the march, I, I'm one of the folks that gets a lot of interviews. And um, I mean, every interviewer that I interviewed with asked me those questions. What's next for the March for Life? What are we what are we to do now? What's next for the for the pro-life movement? Um, so I think it's important that I would encourage folks there in Oregon. Uh, hopefully this isn't going to air before your local March for Life. But I definitely would encourage you to be there. I think we need to make our voice, continue to make our, our voice heard and make it clear that, that we're not going away. I mean, some people ask, well, why, why still go? And the reality is there's still abortions happening in this country. And we cannot stop um, advocating for those, those unborn lives. Oh, no doubt we will not stop. We will not be deterred from our focus. Chris Faddis is joining me today. He is the co-founder and president of Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that is always faithful to the moral teachings of the Catholic Church. Well, let's talk about the healthcare system, too, because, well, Solidarity, you will not be deterred in offering an alternative to traditional health insurance. You know, for the first time in Gallup's two-decade polling trend, less than half of Americans are satisfied with the quality of their health care. Well, that means more than half it's either fair or worse than fair. I don't even want to think about getting health care that is fair. So talk about these polling results. What stood out for you? Yeah, I mean, a big thing is, you know, I have to be honest, it, it, it was a little bit surprising that this polling wasn't this way before. Um, but I think they asked these questions in very significantly, you know, geared ways. But what I, what I will say is, if you think about it, you know, we're about 10 years from the enactment and, and kind of implementation of the Affordable Care Act. And so if you look at that as a metric to say, okay, 10 years in, how are we doing? Did we improve healthcare? And the answer would largely be no. If the numbers are continuing to go down and, you know, 21% rating it poor, that would suggest that we did some, we didn't do it right, right? We're missing something. Um, and so that was one of the big things that I, that I, uh, you know, really notice is, is the, the, those things. The other thing is I note, and it's not in this poll, but the reality is, is that, you know, we're spending, you know, we're, we're approaching $5 trillion in, in healthcare spend this year. Um, and that's only expected to go up, right? So the fact that we're increasing our spend in healthcare, even though the Affordable Care Act was supposed to decrease our spend, and we're getting, you know, more and more people saying they're unhappy, you know, that's, that's something for us to look at and say, hey, maybe, maybe there's reasons we need to make some changes here. Well, if you are looking to make a change, maybe you are looking for something different than your traditional health insurance. Well, Solidarity, they're ready to answer all of your questions. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about Solidarity and, you know, why it's a more viable alternative than traditional health insurance. Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately, you know, for one, as, as consumer out-of-pocket spending continues to rise, um, and we're seeing that as we take in our members' bills, um, you know, you need a you need an advocate there to help advocate for you to lower your costs, right? To to reduce those costs, and we're doing that on a regular basis, right? Taking exorbitant MRI bills of four thousand or five thousand dollars, and and you know discounting those down to five or six hundred dollars, which is the fair and reasonable price, uh, and sharing that with the provider, and and that typically is satisfactory, right? So those are these are ways we can help to reduce that. So that's one thing is you're always going to have an advocate. And Solidarity Health Share, who's going to help fight for fair and just pricing for you and your family. 
Um, you're also going to get the opportunity to to get access to the kind of care you want and need. You know, we've talked, Brenda, before about your wonderful life-affirming uh, clinic there. Holy, Holy family, family clinic, you. yes. You know, and, and, you know, those being able to have access to that kind of care, being able to have access to life-affirming fertility care, having access to advanced and alternative and integrative medical treatments, right? Those are all things um, that are missing from today's healthcare picture on the larger scale, but solidarity uh, is is willing to share into and, and participate. So, uh, you know, those are all reasons why I, I encourage folks. You know, we talked a lot in D.C. about what the difference between life affirming healthcare and life denying healthcare. Um, and ultimately, for us, we we define life affirming healthcare as something that's always restorative to to the body. That's always lo- respecting the body and the, how the person was made, and looking at how can we restore them to order or give them you know the best chance at success of their health journey. Um, and, and whereas life denying care often is, is, you know, manipulating the body, you know, limiting the hormones, mutilating the body, whatever it might be, right? And so at Solidarity HealthShare, I would say that you are, you are accessing life affirming healthcare, uh, and we're, we're working with you to, 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 at that goal. And doesn't that uh, just mentality about solidarity go right along with our church and our pro-life ideals and moral teachings. So, Chris, you are right in line and where you need to be. And uh, we sure thank you for your time, always sharing with us what is happening uh, in the world of healthcare and within the pro-life movement within our Catholic faith. God bless you for all you do. Remind our listeners where they can go for more information. Yeah, visit us at SolidarityHealthShare.org, SolidarityHealthShare.org, or just give us a call at 844 844- Three one three four nine nine nine. Well, fantastic, Chris. Thank you again so much. Thanks for the update on March for Life, and thank you again for talking to us a little bit more about Solidarity Healthshare. Have a very blessed day. God bless. And it is seven twenty three at Mater Day Radio. One of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio not only through our vehicle donation program during our share-a-thons, but you can help out too through our Hail Mary media app. You can donate through the app and so many other things you can do. Go to our website, click on Hail Mary media. All the information is right there. You can access our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and sign up for customized prayer reminders. You can even listen to podcasts right through the Hail Mary Media app. Again, it is free, so please check it out if you haven't downloaded it yet. You can find out all the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with The Mother's Moment. Children love to hear stories. How many nights do my children request just one more book to be read before the night is over? The striking thing about our faith is that we have a God who shares important learning lessons in stories called parables. Some of the most important truths of our faith are shared in these made-up stories that reflect these important messages. How amazing is it that for Christ, He teaches us through stories, and yet as parents, oftentimes we teach our children through unpleasant ways of communicating like nagging and yelling. 
Imagine if we took time out to reflect on what our children need to work on and we found a powerful parable from the Bible to share with them, or even took a few minutes to make up a story to reflect this truth. How much more appealing would it be for them as children? Do your children even know the parables that fill the Bible? Consider filling your children's head with parables and stories with meaning to teach messages when you want to change their behavior and share with them the truths of our faith. Let us pray, dear Jesus, please help us to communicate powerful messages to our children in loving and kind ways. Amen. And may we be a light in this world by sharing parables from the Bible to our children. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 727 and Mater Day Radio. Well, a little easier access now to Astoria. We'll tell you why in the news. And pro-life marchers on the West Coast were not daunted as they march through the city center of San Francisco. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Steve Agrizano, more beautiful. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Though we are lost and we've gone astray, to gain rewards and pass away, Find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. To be more free and all we can be more than yesterday. May we find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. To be more free and all we can be more than yesterday. Find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. Be more free and know we can be more than yesterday.
Steve Agrizano and more beautiful. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. On January 21st, the first Walk for Life West Coast since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June drew an outsized crowds of tens of thousands pro-life supporters. The walk stretched more than a mile along Market Street, the city's main downtown thoroughfare, which was closed to traffic for the event. Well, after the Dobbs ruling in California voters in November approved by nearly 67 percent Proposition 1, creating a state constitutional amendment legalizing abortion with no restrictions until birth. Well, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone opened the rally with a prayer saying, I am so grateful to God. I am so grateful to all of you for this day we have been waiting for for 50 years, Archbishop said. Well, it has taken a while due to the massive amount of debris, but the Oregon Department of Transportation crews have cleared enough rock and dirt to open a second lane on U.S. Highway 30, about 20 miles east of Astoria, where a late November landslide blocked the road. Now, the highway has been open for one-way travel and flaggers since early December, but thanks to the efforts of crews working on the project, enough loose rock and landslide debris had been cleared to open a second lane. Workers also had to shore up the hillside. Now, there's no estimated date on when a third lane nearest the hillside will reopen and afford travelers a passing lane. ODOT crews will continue to remove debris and restore barriers to the slide area for at least the next several weeks. Officials still urge caution caution to the area and watch for crews and obey speed limit signs. So thankfully, yeah, that's a lot of debris came down. If you ever saw that, photos of that, man. Yeah, and and, you know, just already slow down a little bit because you come around these curves and and you just come upon them so quickly. So Mm -hmm. be prepared. Well, fentanyl has been called the deadliest drug threat facing this country by the Drug Enforcement Administration. This cheap synthetic drug is especially dangerous to young people and is taking a deadly toll, not only nationally, but right here in Clark County. To help you learn about this ongoing threat, Clark County schools and law enforcement are offering a presentation by Sergeant Bill Sofianos of the Clark County Sheriff's Office Tuesday, February 7th at Fort Vancouver High School Auditorium at 7 p.m. and Thursday, February 9th at Evergreen High School Auditorium, also at 7. All members of the Clark County community are invited to t- attend. An American Sign Language interpreter will be at both sites. Parents and families are encouraged to attend, but they say be aware because some of the material could be intense for younger mm-hmm. children. In addition to those uh, meetings, they will hold separate presentations on the same dates featuring Russian and Spanish-speaking officers. Hey, the Oscar nominations have been announced for the 95th Academy Awards. 
The film Everything Everywhere All at Once leading the charge with 11 nominations, including Best Picture, All Quiet on the Western Front, and The Banshees of Inshiran followed with nine nominations each. Blockbusters Top Gun Maverick and Avatar Way of the Water also landed nominations for Best Film. Other films in the Best Picture category include Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Of local interest, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which was filmed in Portland, was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Pinocchio has already been honored with a Golden Globe Award. Academy Awards are set to take place on Sunday, March 12th. So how many of those Best Picture films have you not seen? Uh, All of them but two. Because I have seen so few of them, I have to go the opposite direction. I've seen Maverick, and I have seen uh, Elvis. Yes, so I've have seen I. Both those. I've seen both of those. I do have, I recorded, because I've heard so much about it, and obviously with 11 nominations, everything, everywhere, all at once. So I'm kind of anxious to watch that to see why it's getting so much acclaim. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that one was available on like the movie channels, HBO or Showtime, yeah. or one of those mm-hmm. that you have. So maybe I'll try to sit down and watch that one also. Uh, there's a couple of interesting ones in there, too. I oh, think yeah. I might try to track those down. I usually try to catch them all, just to kind yeah. of get a sense of you know what's out there. Sometimes they're so strange, though. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Well, be careful what you order when you stop by Proud Mary Cafe for some caffeine in February. All right. Because starting February 6th, the menu at the Alberta Street Coffee Shop will feature a $150 cup of coffee. Let me say that exactly again. $150. A $150 cup of coffee. Mm. So you, what makes a $150 cup of coffee, you ask? Well, it's the awards, they say. The coffee is so expensive because it's currently the highest accoladed coffee in the world and recently won the Best of Panama, the most prestigious coffee competition in the world, said Matt Lounsbury, Proud Mary's senior vice president. Now, according to Lounsbury, the coffee will be served in eight-ounce pours. So if you're tracking that, that's eighteen seventy-five per ounce. Okay. You have to get the eight-ounce pour. Yes. Now, when asked if oat milk would be extra, well, Lounsbury said Proud Mary encourages consumption of this coffee on its own yes. due to its level of premium quality. Now, the Australian-based coffee company, which has a coffee shops in Portland and Austin, will be selling... Only 22 cups of the stuff. Oh, okay. It's called Black Jaguar Geisha Coffee from Hartman Estate in Panama. Now, according to a press relief, Proud Mary paid $2,000 for one pound of the beans. Oh. That's an expensive pound of coffee. No kidding. I get three pounds for $15, and I'm like, (laughs) that's it. Yeah. We're getting something else. And each U.S. store, the one here in Portland and in Austin, will get enough for 11 cups. Mm. So that'll be the 22 cups total that they'll spend. Right. Plus, there will also be enough for one more person who will be the winner of a golden ticket to get a free cup. All right. Well, that's kind of cool. I wonder how they prepare it. See, that's my question. It's like, are they brewing it or is it like a shot of espresso is oh, it a is it a is it a pour over? I You're mean, right because you get eight ounces of this. Yeah. So I don't. I think that it would probably not be like in this like 
eight espresso shots. Yeah. I think you would pass out after that. So it must be maybe a pour over. Maybe a pour over. Yeah. To get eight ounces of mm-hmm. it. I mean, they could do an espresso shot with it. But I, it's a great question. I love to coffee shop. So I'll go like over to New Seasons in their coffee aisle, and sure. I love looking at all the different uh, beans because I have a, a, I buy whole beans and then and then oh that's and, right and grind them and then use them as an espresso shot. And so there are so many great local companies roasters, and so I love trying the different ones. Yeah, you, know, you okay. pay a little more for some than others, but it's worth it. I don't go through that quickly. David, I can guarantee you, under God's beautiful creation of Earth, there's no way I am spending $150 on a cup yeah, of coffee. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's a little problem. Hopefully, one maybe. of our listeners, uh, wouldn't yeah. that be fun to have one of our listeners order that it. and come and taste it for us on the show? Absolutely. In sports, Portland Trailblazers back on the Moda Center Hardwood tonight for a contest against the Utah Jazz, tip-off 7 o'clock. Fourth game of a six-game homestand for Portland, who defeated San Antonio on Monday evening. Blazers' record stands at 22-25. and 25. At the Australian Open Tennis Championships, Novak Djokovic, he is absolutely just blowing through the field. He advanced to the semifinals following a straight-set win over Andre Rublev. He has now won 26 straight matches at the Grand Slam event, tying him with Andre Agassi. If Djokovic wins the tournament, he will have 22 Grand Slam titles, equaling Rafael Nadal, who currently sits at the top. Djokovic next plays unranked American Tommy Paul, who is having his best grand tournament of his career. Paul came into the tournament unranked. Yeah. And here he is in the semifinals. (laughs) Djokovic, though, is just looking amazing. He's already in the semifinals. He's only lost 12 games. Total. Total. That's how dominant he has been. And remember, he didn't play last year because he couldn't get into the country. Because of vaccination. He wasn't vaccinated, yeah. But, man, he's making up for lost time. Well, today today we celebrate the conversion of St. Paul. Now, one of the most common misconceptions in the New Testament is that Saul, persecutor of the early Christian church, changed his name to Paul after converting to Christianity. And many, well, they even believe that God changed Saul's name to Paul. Well, Philip Kozlowski from Alitea.org points out that when we read the New Testament, we find that God never changed Saul's name to Paul. And when God speaks to Saul, he uses his Hebrew name. And in Acts chapter 9, he says, And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Mm-hmm. Now, the first time we see Paul referenced, or excuse me, the first time we see Saul referenced with the name Paul, much later in Acts of the Apostle, where it says, but Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. That's in Acts chapter 13. Now, most biblical scholars point out that Saul had two names, one Hebrew and the other Latin, as the Catholic Encyclopedia explains it like this. As he belonged to the tribe of Benjamin, he was given at the time of his circumcision the name Saul, which must have been a common name in that tribe uh, in memory of the first king of the Jews. Now, as a Roman citizen, he also bore the Latin name of Paul which is quite usual for the Jews of the time to have two names, one Hebrew and the other Latin or Greek. Now, many believe this switch in the Acts of the Apostles represents his new mission to the Gentiles who spoke Latin or Greek. So simply put, God did not change Saul's name. 
Saul wanted to reach the Gentiles and needed to use his Roman name in many of his travels. There you go. Now you know. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up this Friday at 6.30 is Catholic Friendship Group Gathering at St. Brigida's Catholic Church in Portland. Catholic single people ages 40 to 60 are invited for prayer and a presentation on the Beatitudes, including a lively discussion. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, you're going to hear more about Saul, Paul, right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. Seven forty-four here at Mater Day Radio. Well, another morning of dense fog and also another partly sunny afternoon. Dense fog advisory for the central and southern Willamette Valley going to expire around 9 a.m. this morning. Then daytime highs will get to the upper 40s again this afternoon. Overnight, we're going to stay in the upper 30s and then more of the same for your Thursday. Now, David, looking ahead, colder air moves in for the weekend and that could set up the possibility snow flurries down to the floor. I saw that Saturday night, Sunday morning. Got to keep an eye on that. I was watching the weather last night and they were saying, eh, you know, it could eh, be a chance there. We're going to keep an yeah. eye on that. It is currently 36 degrees at St. Paul Church in Eugene. And it is 42 degrees at St. Irene Byzantine Church here in Portland. This is Dina Marie Hale, host of Voice of the Shepherd with a morning blend saint moment on Mater Dei Radio. The annual week of prayer for Christian unity concludes on the feast of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle, January 25th. Well, what lessons can we glean from a once violent persecutor of Christians turned apostle for Christ? With me to discuss the feast of the conversion of St. Paul and that impact on our lives today is Father James Kubicki. Father James, thanks for coming back and helping us reflect on the saints and our Catholic faith. Oh, you're very welcome, Dina Marie. Well, this feast day is interesting because most of the time we look at a saint. So, you know, St. Aloysius, St. Anthony of the Desert, but this is a feast of St. Paul's 
conversion. So we're talking about an event in the life of St. Paul. So give us a little background on this particular feast and what it means. You're right. You know, we, we have feasts of our Lord, like the Transfiguration or uh, his suffering and death, his passion, the Last Supper on Holy Thursday. But this is the only one that I'm aware of where we have a saint and uh, his uh, uh, some an event in his life. And that is a feast for the universal church. I think different communities will celebrate the stigmata of St. Francis of Assisi, the Franciscans do. But um, this is a feast for the whole church. We're celebrating how Saul, who was a persecutor of the church, met Jesus on the road to Damascus and uh, experienced a profound conversion. And I think this was so important in the early church that it became a feast day. And it was part of the, the calendar. The reason that it was chosen for the 25th is as the last day of this octave, this eight-day prayer for Christian unity, because St. Paul is uh, a saint that all Christians are uh, very devoted to because of the letters he wrote that appear in the New Testament. And so it was a way of, of showing how we can all come together and, uh, and as Christians and honor St. Paul and thank God for the conversion that he experienced uh, and which led him to become one of the greatest missionaries of all time. Absolutely. You know, I think about this um, prayer for Christian unity and this emphasis in the church over what several decades now that we've had this tradition of this octave of prayer, but the importance, Father James, of of coming together as Christians to unify in prayer. um, How important is that for us today? Well, it's extremely important. Um, We often think of prayer as a last resort that we work, 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 and then when everything else fails in our efforts, then we turn to prayer. But prayer should be the first thing that we turn to as we address problems and and situations. And I I think part of the the power of prayer that we see in St. Paul's conversion is the fact that he was present when St. Stephen, known as the proto-martyr, the first martyr, whose feast we celebrated on Uh, December 26th, he was present when St. Stephen was being stoned. And so St. Stephen prayed, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Forgive them. And uh, there is an early church author who said the power of that prayer of St. Stephen led to St. Paul's conversion. That St. Paul, who was present, who approved of St. Stephen's martyrdom, who went on to persecute the church, those prayers of St. Stephen ultimately opened, as it were, a channel of grace to enter into St. Uh, Paul's life, Saul's life, and to lead to his conversion. So I think for all of us uh, to be aware of and, and to put our faith in the power of prayer is, is a lesson that we draw from the conversion of St. Paul. I think many times when we've discussed the lives of the saints, Father James, we see saints around saints that we see, we, we read these stories. And if you read enough, you see the different people that have crossed paths of one another. And one example of holiness leads to another recognition of sin. Uh, here we have St. Stephen. And I didn't think about that, although we read it in sacred scripture, St. Stephen stoning and Saul later to be known as St. Paul. Um, you know, you mentioned the letters of St. Paul, 
And what do we learn about his, um, that penitential spirit, that awareness that he had of, and he continued to have about his own sinfulness, but yet his zeal for Christ? Oh, that's a great question, Dina Marie, because, you know, we often think that if if we had such a profound conversion experience like St. Paul, that if the Lord had appeared to us and blinded us, that our lives would be totally different. But what we see in St. Paul is he was totally different in that he went from being a persecutor of Christians to being one who proclaimed the gospel and uh, was a Christian. But we also see that he continued to struggle with temptation and sin. And so that should give us confidence that it's not a one and done deal when it comes to our conversions or turning to the Lord. And we see that in two instances. One is his letter to the Romans. So this is Paul after his conversion. He writes, what I do, I do not understand, for I do not do what I want, but I do what I hate. Now it is not me doing this, but sin that dwells in me. The willing is at hand, but the power to do it is not there. And then he admits his helplessness, that he can't rely on his own efforts the way he tried to do as a Pharisee. And he turns to the Lord and he says, miserable one that I am, who will deliver me from this mortal body, from this situation? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we see Paul continuing to struggle. And we also see this in his second letter to the Corinthians chapter 12. It's an interesting chapter because Paul has just described someone who had mystical experiences um, where he heard things in levels of heaven that he was not able to repeat on earth. And Paul makes it very clear that he's talking about himself because he says the following. He says, therefore, because of the abundance of the revelations that I might not become too proud, I was given a thorn in the flesh, an angel of Satan to beat me, to keep me from becoming too proud. Now, we don't know what that was was it a moral struggle or a particular physical weakness? But whatever it was, Paul did not like it. And he felt that he would be a much more effective apostle and missionary if he didn't have this weakness. And so he prays three times. He says, three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. And that is clearly where we see God's ways are not our ways, because we think of weakness as weakness, power as power. And we would like to uh, be perfect uh, in a sense where we didn't need God's help. What the Lord said to Paul was this, Paul, I know you so well that you would slip back into your pharisaical ways and think that it was you doing all these good things. And this weakness brings you to your knees and makes you depend upon me. And so the Lord allows him to continue to struggle with whatever that weakness was, a temptation or a physical weakness, which led him to rely more on God than on himself. It gives us a different approach to looking at our weaknesses, Father James. And earlier we were talking about resolutions. And sometimes we want to clear all those imperfections, but yet it is in the imperfections 
that we depend upon God and God gave us everything. And so those imperfections are there for some reason for us to mm -hmm. grow. Right. And, and that's where I think we, you know, we have to remember too, that um, the one that St. Paul followed, Jesus Christ himself suffered temptation, was tempted in various ways, but without sin. And so temptation has a role to play in our lives. Uh, part of it is it reminds us, it humbles us, it reminds us we're creatures. But the temptations we experience are also opportunities for us to exercise. I, I think we tend to be a little lazy. We don't like to exercise. So we pray, Lord, make me patient. Uh, take away my impatience. But the, what the Lord does when he answers the prayer Lord, make me more patient, is he gives us opportunities to exercise the virtue of patience. So whatever temptation we experience, whatever weakness we have, a, we should reflect on it and ask ourselves, what's the virtue the Lord is asking me to grow in so that I can become the person he wants me to be? And the only way I'll grow is, as we've said, through that exercise of the virtue. Absolutely. St. Paul can be our guide for that as well. So I, I love, you know, we started talking about the word of God earlier this month. Uh, just, well, get into that scripture of St. Paul, and I think he'll help guide us with the word of God into our new year. I want to thank you, Father James, for spending some time with us today. Will you help us close with a prayer and a blessing? Lord God, we thank you for the life of St. Paul, and especially what we celebrate, his conversion. We pray that as he encountered the Lord, your son, in a very profound way, so our encounters with the Lord, especially through the Word and Eucharist, that this may transform our lives so that we may receive the good news and share it in our words and in our deeds. And we ask your blessing to help us do this, Father, in the name of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James. Have a blessed day. Thank you. You too, Dina Marie. And it is 7.55 here at Mater Day Radio. Please pray with Mater Day Radio on the air and with the Hail Mary media app. If you go to our prayer hotline at materdayradio.com, tap on the prayer link. Well, you can join in the power of prayer. Let us know your special intention or the name of the faithfully departed, and we will pass that on to our prayer warriors. And we'll include that name on the recitation of the rosary. More information on that can be found on our webpage at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene. Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at ModernDayRadio.com. Hi, everyone. This is David from Modern Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On the Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more 
We go a little bit more in depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's on the go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 7.58 at Mater Day Radio. Well, what's behind the beaching of whales on the Oregon coast? We'll have the story in the news. And we'll have more news for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. The patroness of lovers, today's saint, is quoted as saying, nothing wins hearts like cheerfulness. Saint Dwinwin was said to have been the most beautiful of the 24 daughters born to Brycon, the King of Wales. Growing up in the fifth century, she was known for her piety, virtue, as well as her unmatched beauty. When she reached marrying age, a young man named Malin fell in love with her and asked for her hand in marriage. Dwinwin's heart fell for him as well, but their marriage could not be. At this point, legends arise. In one, Dwinwin's father opposed the marriage because he already betrothed her to another, while the other states that although she truly loved Malin, she had already discerned to become a nun. In either case, she was obligated to reject his offer of marriage. But this was easier said than done, and Dwinwin found that she struggled deeply with this decision. So she prayed that God would take away her love for Malin. That night, she had a dream that an angel brought her a sweet potion to drink, which would take away her affection, but at the same time, turn the poor man to ice. Realizing that Malin, like her, could not help being in love, she prayed that he too would be released and restored to life, and that all lovers would find happiness. God honored her prayers. She and Malin were released from their obsession with each other, and in Thanksgiving, she chose to remain unmarried, officially made a vow of chastity, and became a nun. She then retreated to the island Lanawin on the western coast of Anglesey, which is only accessible during low tide. She remained there as a hermit for the rest of her days. It's said that she studied the art of herbal remedies and was sought by many throughout Wales for her ability to cure many ailments. She built a church on the island, which came to be known as the Church of Dwenwyn. She also dug a well that later became a place of pilgrimage for lovers who would make wishes and ask for her intercession. It even became legend that the sacred fish within the well could tell lovers their destinies. A bit superstitious perhaps, but Dwenwyn's sincere desire for lovers to find happiness built up a legend of love around her virtuous heart. Dwinwin has become a significant saint to the Welsh people who celebrate her feast day in the same way we do St. Valentine's Day. People even give their loved ones cards bearing her image. Dwinwin might be the patron saint of lovers, but her story is also for the many who discern religious life over a vocation of marriage. I think many of us assume that someone who chose the habit only does so because they don't have any marital options. But if that were the case, it would not be a true vocation because there would be no sacrifice. Those who choose religious life have sacrificed all potential lovers for the kingdom. In the same way, those who choose marriage life over choosing to sacrifice themselves for love of each other. Both vocations are beautiful and holy, but in the end, we're all called to be lovers of God. May we like Dwinwin desire true love above all else. Let us choose to be lovers of God first and foremost and cast all our desires before him so that he can guide us on the path most suited for our own personal holiness. St. Dwinwin, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, download our free Hail Mary media app. You can find all the details at materdayradio.com. It's 8.01.
And in your news this morning, a 30-foot gray whale that washed ashore north of Cannon Beach makes a total of four dead whales that have landed on the Oregon coast in less than two weeks. Researchers caution that recent stormy weather has increased the likelihood of beaching, including of a sperm whale and three gray whales discovered since mid-January. But the deaths of the gray whales are also part of a much larger trend, causing the gray whale population on the West Coast and Alaska to plummet 38 percent since 2016. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration spokesperson Michael Milstein said the preliminary investigation into the unusual mortality event indicates that many of the whales aren't finding enough food when they travel to the Arctic each summer. Now, while the population of 2,000 sperm whales has remained roughly stable, the number of gray whales living off the West Coast has dropped to 16,650 at last count. Wow. Yeah, so Aww. not enough food. Okay. Mm. Well, Pope Francis is calling on Catholics and people worldwide to remember those suffering from leprosy, or now known as Hansen's disease, ahead of World Leprosy Day. He said, we cannot forget these brothers and sisters of ours in his message to the second symposium on Hansen's disease held January 23rd and 24th in Rome. We must not ignore this disease, which unfortunately still affects many people, especially in the most disadvantaged social contexts. While the disease is easily curable and rare in countries such as the United States, people from around the world still suffer from it. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, an estimated 2 to 3 million people are living with Hansen's disease-related disabilities worldwide. Now, World Leprosy Day, which is held annually on the last Sunday of January, began in 1954 in an attempt to raise awareness of this disease. You know who the saint is? St. Damien. Oh, really? Of Molokai in Hawaii. Yeah. We remember that because he lived and and served that colony. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, vacation rental management company Vacasa laid off 1,300 employees Tuesday in an effort aimed at stabilizing the Portland company. The layoffs included 240 in the Portland area, which puts it among the region's largest round of job cuts since the early days of the pandemic. The job cuts represent 17% of Vacasa's 7,600-person workforce. company has already notified the employees who are losing their jobs. Vacasa laid off 280 people in October. Now, Oregon's jobless rate has been steadily climbing in recent months, hitting 4.5% in December, but layoffs had been relatively rare during that period. State economists say many of the people new to the unemployment roles had recently joined or rejoined the labor force and were still looking for work or had quit their jobs and hadn't found new ones yet. Well, Catholic Charities Bureau of the Diocese of Superior, Wisconsin, is pushing back after a Wisconsin appellate court ruled they were not a religious organization. Now, under Wisconsin law, religious employers are exempt from the state employment benefit program, but the court's decision makes CCB ineligible for the exemption. Now, CCB and Beckett Law are taking the case to the state Supreme Court. Beckett explains that the case began when CCB requested and was denied an exemption to the state's unemployment program so that they could join the Wisconsin's Bishop's Church Unemployment Program. 
Now, CCB was formed and is under the Diocese of Superior's complete control. It exists to further the Catholic ideal of charity and works to aid the elderly, disabled, and poor throughout the diocese. Interesting. I would never imagine that Catholic charities, any bureau, would be considered a non-religious organization. Right. In sports, it has already been quite a year for American skier Michaela Schifrin, and it got even better for her yesterday after winning a record 83rd World Cup race in the mountains of Italy. Schifrin's giant slalom victory broke a tie on the all-time women's list with former American teammate Lindsey Vaughn, who retired four years ago. I don't think there are words to explain all the feelings, Schifrin said following her victory, adding, so I just try to breathe and enjoy it. Schifrin now needs only three more wins to match Ingemar Stenmark's overall record between men and women of 86 victories. Stenmark competed in the 70s and 80s. What's more is that Schifrin is still only 27 and could have many more years of elite racing left in her career. Vaughn was 33 when she won her last World Cup event, and Stenmark was 32. And Schifrin only 27. Yeah, she's more than likely going to become the all-time great. Really? Yeah, with wins for sure, both men and women. Fantastic. Well, in Stillwater, Minnesota, the hometown team of snow sculptors just walked away with a first-place win in the World Snow Sculpting Championships, beating several nations and winning themselves $4,000. Siblings Dusty and Kelly Thune and friends made up the team monikered the House of Thune, who carved a raw expression of adversity and challenge called journey Hmm. and the team used custom homemade tools to sculpt their work of art from 10 tons of snow wow that's a lot of snow and teams from finland turkey germany ecuador canada even argentina represented their nations at stillwater with some captivating pieces of seasonal art but it was the home team that took home the grand prize Now, Journey captures the adversity faced by everyone in moments of their life, but particularly one of their team members who suffered the loss of $80,000 in property as well as a significant amount of his life's work Mm. after a fire consumed his art gallery preparation for the contest. Their team has set up a GoFundMe to try and help him recover. Now, for another two weeks or so, all the sculptures will be at the tournament grounds in Stillwater, weather permitting. Sure. So first place went, as I said, to United States House of Thune. Second place, United States, a Florida team called Team Flozen. (laughs) And then third place to the Turkish team. I wonder where uh, the Florida team practices their no carving skills. Maybe they use sand. On the beaches, maybe? that's right. I suppose so. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday, beginning at noon, is the Mass before the March for Life. It is happening at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Salem. All participating in the March for Life in Salem are invited to this Mass that Archbishop Alexander Sample will offer before the event. Then on the same day at 2.30 is the Oregon March for Life. Join thousands of Oregonians at the steps of the Oregon Capitol for the first March for Life since the overturning 
of Roe versus Wade. The band will begin playing at 2.15 with speakers starting at 2.30 and the Oregon March for Life will begin immediately afterwards. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. We have a wonderful conversation with a board member of the Catholic Youth Organization. It's right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Find the peace you need by joining Monterey Radio and the Benedictine Monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. Throughout the day, you can break away from the stress and worry of your world and journey to the Abbey Church on the hilltop for a live stream of the Liturgy of the Hours. In addition to these peaceful times with the monks, the Hail Mary Media app also features Monterey Radio's live broadcast, podcast of all our original programming, including shows available exclusively on the app, an interactive community calendar of Catholic events, your own customizable schedule of personal prayer reminders, and much more. Download some peace into your life today. Look for Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or click materdayradio.com for all the details. Find your peace with the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app from Materday Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 8-12 here at Mater Day Radio. Another morning, dense fog, and also another partly sunny afternoon. So that dense fog advisory again for central and southern Willamette Valley going to expire around 9 a.m. this morning. And then daytime high is going to push to the upper 40s again this afternoon. Overnight, we're going to stay in the upper 30s and then more of the same for your Thursday. And of course, we have been talking, keep an eye on the weather and tune into the morning blend because looks like snow possibilities mm. to the valley floor coming up this weekend. Yeah, very good possibility there. 34 degrees at St. Paul Church in St. Paul, Oregon. And it is 44 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. It's faith in action. Time to check in with the Catholic Youth Organization. And it is our morning to check in with the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization, Camp Howard. And we are delighted to talk with an executive board member of CYO today, Aaron Labadee. 
Aaron, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's an honor and a pleasure. And I'm always excited to hear about, I, I heard some sunshine and dry weather yes. <laughs> forecast. That's always nice to hear well, this like, time of year. <laughs> absolutely. And when you think about it, too, speaking of CYO, it won't be long before track and field get started and so uh yeah well, yeah believe me i had many a saturday standing out watching my daughters in oh. track and field and uh, it's a yeah. mix it's a mixed bag of weather definitely one of the 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 sports that uh if uh you don't own one of like those outdoor outdoor tents right. before the season you definitely own one uh when it starts yeah and, and you got to get some pretty good rain gear although there are some very nice days too because i i can think of uh, being at the CYO Track and Field Championships at Jesuit High School, typically sure. around May, and boy, there were some beautiful days on the, some of those meets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely towards the 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 latter part of the season, it can definitely get really nice, which also makes it uh, quite a blast to be out at, at some of those meets. Mm, no doubt. Well, hey, how long have you been now an executive board member with CYO Camp Howard? Gosh, I since since 2000, so I guess om, almost three, yeah, summer 2000, so I think almost three years. Oh, nice. That's great. So you've got a really good insight into the organization and the wonderful works that they do. Tell me your background a little bit. How did you get involved with CYO? Gosh, that's, that's a great question. You know, I've it, it, it's interesting because it, it was actually something I was thinking about uh, the other day or, or, you know, uh, recently. And I actually attended St. Rose, uh, many years ago. So ever since I was in second grade and really on, I've been involved in some facet of, of CYO. So as a, as you know, uh, in grade school, uh, middle school uh, through the athletic program, Actually, remember that I even played CYO basketball in high school. Right. And uh, my my kids uh, attend uh, or now kind of attended uh, All Saints. So uh, uh, did some coaching and, and, and basketball and volleyball. Right. Uh, and then now involvement on the executive board. So it's hard to believe it's kind of an organization that I've been a part of as a participant, as a volunteer, as a coach. For the greater part, gosh, over years. Wow, that is, that is um, fantastic. Yeah, it, it's pretty. It's pretty cool to to kind of reflect on, and it's 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 given me so much. Again, just as a, uh, being able to volunteer and, and as a participant, and it's given my my kids and my family so much. So yeah, it, it's really great to be able to kind of uh, still be involved uh, in some facet mm-hmm. of the organization. Again, we're speaking with Aaron Labadee. He is a CYO Camp Howard executive board member. Again, has been on the board now for a couple of years, several years now. But your longevity with CYO, Aaron, not only as a youth participating in events and then certainly as a coach and now as a board member, I think that really speaks to the organization itself and what it means to people. Because obviously, if you didn't have... A connection with it or feel how important it is you wouldn't be there yeah I, I would say you know absolutely and and definitely the impact it had on me as you know a, 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 a young kid you know as as you know the first time kind of playing in a in a team learning about team sports 
learning about kind of working together, it, it had such an impact on me, you know, just, just in, in grade school basketball, uh, that it always kind of had a special place, you know, in, in my heart and mind, so to speak. And, uh, that, that was one of the things I was, you know, really excited about, about being part of the All Saints community. Uh, when I was, uh, when my kids were younger was that I knew, uh, I had been a part of it as, you know, a participant, but now I was, or, you know, as a sports player, but now I was going to be able to be, uh, to do some volunteer work as well. So, uh, kind of the lessons I learned in CYO as a, as a young kid were definitely lessons that have stayed with me you know, th- throughout my life and have taken those, not only, you know, what I learned in sports, but also in family, community, in, in work. Um, so it's definitely been very impactful. Yeah, I was reading, in fact, uh, you had one note here that you sent to me about, uh, you learned a valuable lesson one time with the coach who was about working hard. I did, and, and it's interesting. It's just kind of like one of my, my strongest memories from from <laughs> – from from being younger, and I had a basketball coach, and he uh, was was you know we were having practice, right. and you know one of the things you do in basketball is you run lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's what we did. And that particular day, I was not really running that hard, and kind of was was not really seeing the point of doing that. And you know, game time came around, and uh, didn't really get to play much, and. It kind of taught me the the lesson of really one is working hard, two is is just kind of you know being a part of a uh, of a of a greater team. Um, and this this kind of this coach taught me uh, also that he he never really measured success kind of by wins and losses, so right. to speak. It was really how, how much you learned how much you developed as a team and and how how hard you tried. Yeah. And so those are those were all kind of lessons that I've taken with me cuz those were all all things that I could really control uh it was you know how hard I worked and 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 that I gave it my all. So it, it was yeah, it was it was a very good lesson and, and one that definitely sticks with me. Yeah, it is a valuable lesson and again the beauty of CYO is that you know, everybody participates. And so your coach, your coach saw this as, yeah, you know, you want to go out and do well. And if you can win the game, great. But the other thing is, you know, you learn how to be a team player and what it means to work hard and work as a team. That's, that's the beauty of CYO. And then to all started out, you get to open the, open the day with the prayer too. And so you always keep that faith aspect. Yes. And, and absolutely. And, and that's a big part of, of our program. And uh, again, yeah, the the you know just being part of that program for, for for so long has been such a great asset to to me and my family. So we're we're really thankful about that. How about Camp Howard? Did you have involvement with Camp Howard back growing up? Yeah, gosh, I, I did. We that was a big part of of, of growing up. Uh, it, it was it was kind of like the first time. You know, as kids, we were away from family and, and went with friends from, you know, St. Rose or Archbishop Howard. And it was a it was a it was a great experience. And we'd go up there, you know, every summer for, for several several years and we would just have a blast. Uh, and uh, it was also a lot of fun uh 
because my, my daughter went there. Right. Uh, and it was really cool to go up there after, you know, there'd been like a 20 year gap or something like that. You yeah. See how much it's changed and the, the dining hall. And what I like about it too, or what's so special about it is that it's, you know, it's 40 minutes away from Portland, but right. it, it feels like you're in, just kind of in a whole new world. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a really special place and a lot of fun. And I think it was, gosh, two years ago or maybe a year ago, the CYO cross country meet, the end of the year meet was right, there. And that yeah. was a, that was a really uh, cool uh, uh, place to, to have end of the year meet. And I would encourage anyone to, to, to try to go to that. Cause it's a, it's, it's a great place to visit on its own, but as a cross country meet, it, it was pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's wonderful. He's Aaron Labadee. He is a CYO camp Howard executive board member sharing some thoughts about his work with CYO. And of course, as a participant, back in the day. Aaron, well, great to talk with you. Nice to meet you over the phone. And I'm you sure, too. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get you back on. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for your volunteerism, too, because that's so important. And I know the whole Sister Krista and her staff just appreciate the volunteerism. So thank you for that. Absolutely. My pleasure. And, and thank you for having me on. And uh, have a great rest of the day. You as well. God bless. Okay, thank you. And it is 8.22 here at Mater Day Radio. Oh, well, we just love our CYO programs. And in fact, if you want to listen to that interview again, head over to our website, materdayradio.com. You can listen to Aaron's discussion again about what makes CYO great. You can also catch all of our locally produced show podcasts. You can also find them on the Hail Mary media app and all of the top podcasting platforms have it as well. More information at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. 
Support from Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mantra Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 826 at Mater Day Radio. Yeah, the Oscar nominations are out. We'll have some for you coming up in the news. And careful how you place your order, because you might end up with a very expensive cup of coffee. I'll tell you about that, plus more coming up in news. Here is Teresa Peterson, and he makes all things new. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Flame, come. 
That is Teresa Peterson, and he makes all things new. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, on January 21st, the first Walk for Life West Coast since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June, drew an outsized crowd of tens of thousands of pro-life supporters. The stretch... The walk stretched more than a mile along Market Street, the city's main downtown thoroughfare, which was closed to traffic for the event. After the Dobbs ruling, California voters in November approved by nearly 67 percent Proposition 1, creating a state constitutional amendment legalizing abortion with no restrictions until birth. Well, as pro-life marchers gathered, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione opened the rally with a prayer saying, I'm so grateful to God. I'm so grateful to all of you for this day we have been waiting for for 50 years, the Archbishop said. Well, it has taken a while due to the massive amount of debris, but the Oregon Department of Transportation crews have cleared enough rock and dirt to open a second lane on U.S. Highway 30, about 20 miles east of Astoria, where a late November landslide blocked the road. The highway has been open for one-way travel with flaggers since early December, but thanks to the efforts of crews working on the project, enough loose rock and landslide debris has been cleared to open a second lane. Workers also had to shore up the hillside there. Now, there's no estimated date of when the third lane nearest the hillside will reopen, and afford travelers a passing late. ODOT crews will continue to remove debris and restore barriers to the slide area for at least the next several weeks. Officials still urge caution in the area and watch for work crews and obey speed limit signs. You ever done that drive out of Highway oh, 30 to Astoria? Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful yeah, drive. It's a great drive. Uh, I think many are glad to just have that second lane open so yeah. that way it eases flow back and forth and then but eventually that third lane will open yeah. but just to give you an idea it's been a month i know that they have been working on that so that a was quite debris. a debris yeah well fentanyl has been called the deadliest drug threat facing this country by the drug enforcement administration this cheap synthetic drug is especially dangerous to young people and has taken a deadly toll not only nationally but also in clark county to help you learn about this ongoing threat, Clark County Schools and law enforcement are offering a presentation by Sergeant Bill Sofianos of the Clark County Sheriff's Office. It's coming up Tuesday, February 7th at Fort Vancouver High School Auditorium at 7 and again Thursday, February 9th at Evergreen High School Auditorium also at 7. All members of the Clark County community are invited to attend an American Sign Language interpreter will be at both sites, and parents and families are encouraged to attend 
But they say be aware because some of the material could be a little intense for younger children. In addition, they will also hold separate presentations on those same dates featuring Russian and Spanish-speaking officers. Now, the Oscar nominations have been announced for the 95th Academy Awards. The film Everything Everywhere All at Once leading the charge with 11 nominations, including Best Picture, All Quiet on the Western Front, and The Banshees of Inshirin, followed with nine nominations each. Now, Blockbusters, Top Gun Maverick, and Avatar, The Way of Water, also landed nominations for Best Film. Other films in the Best Picture category include Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Of local interest, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which was filmed in Portland, was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Pinocchio has already been honored with a Golden Globe Award. The Academy Awards are set to take place on Sunday, March 12th. Okay, I know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, I know. I I got some movie watching to do. I got to get some movie watching also. I also like to see all of the other nominations, too, for Best Actor and Actress and and songs so there's a there's quite a few uh things coming up so hopefully it won't be a real long event though <laughs> yeah good luck with <laughs> that do they ever they ever run long so i've been trying to do movie watching these last couple of weekend weekends but doggone it football keeps getting in the way oh that football I, yeah. schedule they've been having the evening games and typically you know we'll sit down and watch a movie in the evening and then you know it's like oh this game starts at five and then it's like uh not gonna get to a movie okay David, priorities. I know. You just have to rearrange yeah. your priorities. My wife asked me. She does. It's true. Is there a game tonight? That's the classic that's her, question. That's yeah. the question. Is there a game Is tonight? Is there a game tonight? Well, yes. Somewhere in the there world is. there's a game <laughs> that I'm about to watch. Well, be careful what you order when you stop by Proud Mary Cafe for some caffeine in February because starting Monday, February 6th, the menu at the Alberta Street Coffee Shop will feature... A $150 cup of coffee. I got to try it. $150 will set you back, I've got to know. So why $150? What is in this delicious cup that makes it $150? They say it's the awards. The coffee is so expensive because it's currently the highest accoladed coffee in the world and recently won the best of Panama, Mm -hmm. the most prestigious coffee competition in the world, said Matt Lounsbury, Proud Mary Senior Vice President. Now, according to Lounsbury, the coffee will be served in eight-ounce pours. All right. It's about $18.75 an ounce Mm -hmm. if you're, like, figuring it out. Sure. And then asked if you can get a little oat milk on extra (laughs) or a little half-inch of heavy cream. No, don't do that. Lounsbury says... Don't do that. No. Uh, he encourages consumption of the coffee on its own due to its level of premium quality. All right. Now, the Australian-based coffee company, which has coffee shops in Portland and in Austin, if that doesn't say something to you, they'll be selling only 22 cups of the stuff, a black Jaguar Geisha coffee from Hartman Estate in Panama. Now, according to a press release, Proud Mary paid $2,000 for one pound of whole beans. Man. Now, each U.S. store then will get enough to serve 11 cups of the blend. Uh, that's also in, uh, plus enough for one more, the winner of a golden ticket to a free cup. Hey, okay. I'll have it if I get a fr- uh, the golden ticket. Yeah. I'd so, be marked down there. 
So here's the deal. <laughs> and I again, I I have no idea on this. Okay. So I don't know if my palate. So I guess you could do this with coffee or wine too. So if you have a three hundred dollar bottle of wine, okay, a thirty five dollar bottle of wine, and a twelve dollar bottle of wine, and you poured each into three glasses, and I gave you these three glasses, and I told you to pick out the three levels of wine. Yes. Would you be able to do Absolutely it? not. Yeah. Okay. No, I, only because I would be the wrong person to ask because I don't really care for wines that much. Yeah, they well, you know, very good, I use that as an example. Yeah, I wonder, but somebody who has a, a real palate for wine or wine connoisseur, I bet you they could probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they probably couldn't tell the difference between the $12 bottle of wine and the box Kirkland ones that you get <laughs> I, last I, forever. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking the question. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody could tell the difference. Okay. Well, in sports, Portland Trailblazers back on the Moda Center Hardwood tonight for a contest against the Utah Jazz. Tip-off, 7 o'clock. This is the fourth game of the six-game homestand for Portland, who defeated San Antonio on Monday evening. The Blazers' record stands at 22-25. and 25. At the Australian Open Tennis Championships, getting right down to the nitty-gritty now, Novak Djokovic just absolutely blowing through the field. He advanced to the semifinals following a straight set win over Andre Rublev. He has now won 26 straight matches at the Grand Slam event, tying him with Andre Agassi. If Djokovic wins the tournament, he will have 22 Grand Slam titles, equaling Rafael Nadal, who currently sits at the top. Djokovic's next plays unranked American Tommy Paul, who's having Best Grand Slam tournament of his life. Wow. Comes in unranked and now is playing in the semifinals, not to mention a great payday for him. Um, I have not had a chance to see Djokovic play yet other than highlights because every single one of his matches has been like at midnight our time. Oh. Yeah, because okay. of the time difference. How many hours is uh, Australia, are they ahead they're, well, they're, or behind? They're a full day ahead of a us. A full day. Yeah, and, and so there are some matches that are airing like at about 6 o'clock our time. And so I'll see some of those, 6, 7.30, but they all get late, and I, yes. I don't get a chance to watch them. I could, it's hard to, I've mentioned this before, it's hard to record tennis because you don't quite know when they'll start because of other matches going long and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I'd love to get a chance to see him play, but we'll see. It doesn't sound like his matches, though, are going uh, into extra hours. It looks like he's oh. been finishing off his opponents pretty quickly. He's only lost 12 games this entire tournament. <laughs> That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll see if he wins it all, but he's got a good chance. That's for sure. Well, one of the most common misconceptions in the New Testament is that Saul persecutor of the early Christian church changed his name to Paul after converting to Christianity. Many even believe that God changed Saul's name to Paul. Well, Peter Kozlowski from Alatea points out that when we read the New Testament, we find that God never changed Saul's name to Paul. And when God speaks to Saul, he uses his Hebrew name. Here's what we read in scripture. As he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And that's from Acts chapter 9. 
Now, the first time we see Saul referenced as Paul, it's much later in the Acts of the Apostles, where it says, but Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. That's from Acts chapter 13. Now, most biblical scholars point out that Saul has two names, one Hebrew and the other Latin, as the Catholic Encyclopedia explains this. As he belonged to the tribe of Benjamin, he was given at the time of his circumcision the name of Saul, which must have been common in that tribe in memory of the first king of the Jews. That's from Philippians. Now, as a Roman citizen, he also bore the Latin name of Paul. It was quite usual for the Jews at the time to have two names, one Hebrew, the other Latin or Greek. And many believe this switch in the Acts of the Apostles represents his new mission to the Gentiles who spoke Latin or Greek. And simply put, God didn't change Saul's name. Saul wanted to reach the Gentiles and needed to use his Roman name in many mm. travels. So do you remember, this goes back a ways, uh, probably the 80s, early 80s, uh, Anthony Hopkins played, there was a TV movie, Peter and Paul. Oh! Yeah. I I, th- I think about that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, when, when I think about Paul, St. Paul, and I think about that TV movie. I wonder if yeah. that's still available. Would be a yeah. good one to yeah. watch tonight if yeah. you weren't watching a game, David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so true. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Coming up on February 2nd, yes, that is next Wednesday. Uh, At 5 o'clock is the Why Organized Love Matters online event. Join Catholic Charities of Oregon for an evening of virtual storytelling and theological reflection focusing on Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical on love, Deus Caritas Est. Is co-hosted by Sarah Granger, Senior Development Advisor, and our friend Ed Longwa, Communications Director hey. with Catholic Charities, with a personal reflection from Archbishop Alexander Sample. Remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. 1981. Okay. Peter and Paul. Love it. There you go. How many stars did it get? Uh, I'd have to look. <laughs> so, January... Almost over. Quickly coming to a close. We got some things to do. All right. We're going to talk about that in the second cup. Coming right up. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. St. Benedict tells us to love fasting and chastity, a very tall order. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. We probably find each of those things difficult and often do not feel like loving them at all. But in his rule, St. Benedict reminds us that love is not just a good feeling. He teaches us that love is always a deliberate, intentional choice. Such choices take sacrifice and discipline, and that's where fasting and chastity come in. Their frequent practice can teach us self-control and help us in the hard work of becoming steadfast and strong in love. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. 
The next time we are struggling for self-control and not feeling particularly happy about it, we'll make it easier if we remind ourselves that we are training to become perfect in love. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Have you decided that this is the year? Well, you're going to get a few things done to make it memorable. Well, one of those things can be to support Mater Day Radio when you shop for the cause. With your everyday purchases through Amazon Smiles or Fred Meyer Community Rewards, a percentage will go to support great Catholic programming. Sign up is quick and easy. Just go to our webpage for all the information at materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.46 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you here on the Morning Blend. Just about ready to pour our second cup. Actually, I did pour the second cup. Thank you for making that. Yeah. That is one strong cup of coffee. It's pretty strong cup, huh? Woo! Okay. It sure is. So I'm going to be really flying here through this uh, second (laughs) cup, that's for sure. Today at Air Stagnation Advisory remains in effect until tomorrow, actually. Have a dense fog advisory down in the valley, central southern part of the valley. We'll see patchy fog throughout the morning, then a high of 48 degrees today. Same for overnight tonight, some patchy fog, low of 35, and then mostly cloudy skies for Thursday, a high of 47. Again, keeping an eye out for late this weekend when there is uh, maybe a chance of some uh, white stuff falling. So we'll, we'll watch that. We'll see how the forecast progresses as we go through the week. Well, sounds good. Currently, it is 44 degrees at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 44 degrees at St. Agatha Church in Portland. Out of coffee? No need to worry. Mater Day Radio is brewing a second cup of the morning blend. I wonder if you could tell the difference between a $150 cup of coffee or the St. Drogo blend. Uh, from the grotto. Very good question. I don't yes. know. Yeah, I don't know. St. Drago is pretty good. St. Drago is pretty good yeah. coffee. So if you head over to the grotto this week, we'll be sure to stop in and purchase yourself a pound. You're not going to be spending $2,000 on it like <laughs> they did for this no. coffee. So, uh, But anyways, so as I pointed out, it is the 25th. Next Wednesday is already February. In fact, uh, yeah, next Wednesday is the 1st. Yeah, uh, you are correct. That is right. Yeah. So that means you have got exactly one week to finish all of the checklists that you need to do for the month of January. You know, they do these things, different uh, websites will kind of tell you how to keep organized all year long. And so you got to have all of these little to-do lists every month. So we thought we would go through some of the things you can do in January uh, because time is running out. Yeah. So... Did you get your Christmas decorations all put away? Uh, I did that, yes. Like yes. Uh, the, the what was New Year's? So it had been the weekend following New Year's weekend, whatever okay. that was. So you want to make sure those are put away. Now, here's something on that list, though, to not forget, is if you have got those um, floor heaters, meaning that the little vent is in the floor and comes oh, yeah. up, make sure you vacuum down in there because pine needles 
will drop in there. Right. Even if you have a, an artificial tree, uh, that, those will tend to drop things also. So yeah. make sure you clean everywhere around there just because uh, you don't want those you know, causing any problems. If you have a live tree, yeah, you want to make make sure that any spiders that you brought into your house with your tree, <laughs> maybe help them find the door. Yes. So a, va- those, a vacuum cleaner works on those the, very well, too. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, and then, of course, they say you want to assess cleaning schedules and revise as needed are your kids at an age this year where they can take on a few of those chores uh you want to make sure that your list on the refrigerator that's where (laughs) i used to keep it uh nothing ever got done i just felt helpful to have it up there well let's put it this way the kids usually are of age to do that whether or not you can get them to do that that's the that's 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 where the question lies right there yes for sure for sure. And then they suggest to open up your medicine cabinet, restock any cold or flu supplies that you've used oh, yeah. up. I noticed the other day I carry a little um, bottle of aspirin or, you know, Tylenol right. and, and um, ibuprofen. I ate up the ibuprofen was missing out of it. Oh, because all I right. Because I like, oh, I got it. Put a few more in there. There you go. I did this particular uh, chore yesterday. Yeah. Straighten out. The hat and mitten bin oh. uh, or drawer. That's interesting. Especially if we're coming, I mean, like snow. I have yeah. a bin that I put all of the snow gear in and I'd keep it in the garage. And then when there would be like the snow days, you know, those once or twice a year, every other year or mm-hmm. so, I just pull the whole bin out. Well, you know, what happens is kids would just kind of throw things in there. So, you know, the gloves that are kind of, you know, seams have broken on or sometimes there's just one of them. Yeah, exactly. that's the frustration when you go find you can find one glove and you can't, can't find, find the, the other. other. Where to go? Right. It's like a sock in the dryer. It's like where, what happened to the other sock? So, but yes, it's a good point. Okay, so let's see here. Now they also recommend now's the time to do that year long budgeting. Think about any trips that you want to plan for the year that you're working on. You want to make sure that that all of the money is accounted for. Balance that checkbook. I don't know if anybody balances their checkbook. (laughs) I'm laughing. If you saw me laughing, smiling, because I just read that, balance the checkbook, because I am the lone ranger in our house anymore that still balances his checkbook. Yeah. There's something about that that I just, I guess growing up, that was something that I always did. And they always laugh at me because I'll sit down, you know, at the at the desk, and it's like, "What are you doing?" I'm balancing the checkbook. It's like, "Why do you do that?" You can just call the bank and get the get the balance. And I know, I said, I know I can, which I do do, but I also like to know if it's not in order. And it's just <laughs> like, even to the dollar, it's like, I got to figure out where did that one dollar go? Okay. What did I did I make a math error? An arithmetic error somewhere, and then, you go back then I got to go back and find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't write too many checks anymore. Nor do I. No. And so yeah. I can just look at the, you know, the yeah. balance and see. But uh, but like if it's a credit card transaction or a debit card transaction, I still put that in the checkbook. I still you know note that. Notate that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. All right. Oh, I'm old school. You are. Yes. Old, well, old yes. school. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. No, I'm not surprised. Uh, My mother does the same thing, too. So, Uh, (laughs) Here's the thing. And and people, maybe you have, you're like not sure what that uncomfortable feeling is in the back of your mind. Maybe it's the idea that you've got to start gathering your federal and state tax Uh, information. Of course. It is tax season. God bless my wife. She's the uh, keeper of the forms. Is she? Yeah. 
Oh, oh, that would be me in in the household. So I just keep, I get a manila envelope and I put it on the desk. And so then every day over the next, you know, month and a half, uh, I just, when those things come up, I just put it in the envelope. And then, you know, when I'm ready to make that appointment, I go through my envelope and see what I've collected. So. Yeah, it's not as hard as it once was. No, yeah, it's still one of those things you got to do. What do they say? Death and taxes. That's it. The two sure things <laughs> in life. That's right. And then lastly, before we go today, uh, do a little planning also for February, just so you are ready. Any birthdays that you have to remember. Valentine's Day, it always falls on the 14th. Does it? St. Valentine's okay. Day. So, uh, yeah, gentlemen, you're on the clock. That is always kind of a thing that men do for women, right? I, I don't know that yeah, women I, do too much getting Probably, Valentine. yeah. I'll write my husband a nice note. Yeah. Thanking him and then reminding him to take out the garbage. My wife gives me a little candy heart that says, be mine on it. Oh, forever. That nice? Yes. That is nice. <laughs> well, you do have just a week left, but it's doable to get your list done for the month of January. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 856 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Air stagnation advisory in effect again until tomorrow. Patchy fog out there, thick in some areas. High 48 degrees, low tonight 35. Then cloudy for Thursday, a high of 47. It is currently 45 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today here is Unspoken with Reason. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This year's felt like four seasons of winter, and you'd give anything to feel the sun. Always reaching, always climbing, always second guessing the timing. But God has a plan, a purpose in this. You are his child, and don't you forget. He put that hunger in your heart. Every hour, every minute, every 
Unspoken and reason. Had to get that out there. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, it's David and Brenda wrapping up the morning blend for this midweek show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Looking outside. Yeah, maybe a walk is in the offing today. You know? It looks still very... Cloudy a little out cloudy, there. but that's not supposed to rain at least. Okay. Yeah, so and we'll temperatures try. are mild, so long as the, the wind yeah. doesn't kick up. That's just it. Yep. If the wind starts blowing, eh, all bets are off at that point. All right. Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's morning blend, and we hope that you have a very blessed day.